Good morning, LCU. How are we doing this morning? All right. So I have the privilege of introducing our speaker today. His name is Corey Powell. Corey Powell had, and I have been friends, well, actually, I'm the sister he always wanted. <laughs> but as we step into Black History Month and we were talking about who to deliver this message and who to really launch this conversation with us, it, Corey was just an obvious choice for me for so many reasons. He has served this community for years in a number of capacities, whether it was co-founding the Mentor Tech Program or or founding pastor of New Dimensions Tabernacle, or serving as the former chairman for the Lubbock Chamber of Commerce. There have been so many ways he has poured into students and to individuals in this community. But I want to just stop for a minute and just appreciate him publicly for the roles that often go under-celebrated, because I'm pretty sure the titles that he's most proud of are that of husband and father, and again, being a brother to the sister he always wanted. <laughs> so currently, Corey serves in the, the Division of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion at Texas Tech University. But as he talks today, wherever you fall in terms of thinking Black History Month is significant or not, just meet him where he is. Just meet him in terms of where he's talking. Because if nothing else, you cannot leave your hearts and your minds open to considering a different way of looking at it a different perspective, if you will, because at the end of the day, perception is reality, is it not? But if you leave yourselves open, I guarantee you, you'll walk away with a nugget, a nugget of truth that you can hang on to. So without further ado, Corey. Good morning. Let's do it again. Good morning. It is awesome to be with you on this crisp um, February mo morning uh, to be here at LCU and what a way to start the day or move forward in the day than gathering and honoring God and celebrating one with the other. Um, Monica told a lot of things that's true and a couple that are not. Um, she's not the sister I wanted ever. She is indeed the sister that God um, saw fit to bless my life. She and I worked together. Uh, she was a member of my staff. Uh, and uh, there are people that come in your life, in your life for seasons, reasons, and lifetimes. And I certainly believe and I'm grateful that she is a person who God chose, uh, God chose <laughs> to be in my life forever. And so um, I see your president, my new friend, he and his wife, and I have worked on a couple of things. I, as I came in, I had an opportunity to run into some other friends, longtime acquaintances, and I appreciate this opportunity to share with you. Um, <clears throat> it is February, and that means it's Black History Month. Y'all a tough crowd. <laughs> now, some question the necessity of such a designation, and others argue that this observation is divisive. And I was not invited here to debate that issue, but I do hope that I might be able to share in a little bit, in some small way, enlighten you, uh, and perhaps cause you to think a little differently, a little broader. 
I believe that the observance of Black History Month is most appropriate and it is necessary because much of what we are taught, much of what we have been taught regarding American and world history is often devoid the contributions of persons of color. Black History Month ultimately has a purpose to educate, to celebrate, indeed elevate, to expose and enhance and to share about heritage and culture. This observation was originated as Negro History Week in 1926. It was a brainchild of Carter G. Woodson, a noted Harvard-trained historian, a black man. The second week of February was chosen to observe this week because of its intersection with the birthdays of Abraham Lincoln and Frederick Douglass. But since 1976, here in this country, every president has designated February as Black History Month. My friends, black history is American history. Black history is world history. It is a rich history, which far exceeds the boundaries of slavery. It is a history that encompasses much more than the stories of the brave men and women you often hear about, Harriet Tubman, Martin Luther King Jr., Rosa Parks, Malcolm X. While their contributions are significant, they're not all there is to learn. Because black men and women impact much more than athletics and entertainment. It's much more than a poster that we roll out once a year. I've been blessed to travel quite a bit. I get to go to a lot of meetings and so forth. And I was in Washington, D.C. a few years back, had an opportunity to go and spend some time in the relatively, it was very new then, um, Smithsonian Museum of African American History. And I was taken aback. I've been black my whole life. <laughs> and I learned so much, and I encourage you, if you're ever in D.C., make it a point to go to the museum. I've since been back like four or five times. And each time I go, I learn something. I had an opportunity to take my family. And while they went ahead, since I had already been, I was kind of taking my time and parking and doing those things. And then I was walking through. How many of you have ever been to the museum? Raise your hand. Anybody? Okay. Y'all need a field trip. <laughs> President, we need a field trip. I'll be the guy, okay? <laughs> but I was walking through because if you go through, it starts at a very low level and it kind of goes all the way up. And so I was walking through, and as I pressed my way through the crowd, I bumped into a lady and I said, excuse me. And then I stepped aside to let her by. And as I stepped aside, I overheard a conversation between two older Anglo ladies. And one lady said, I had no idea the blacks had it this bad. 
And I felt some kind of way, if I'm real honest. And I almost went into, okay, let me explain mode. But it was really a moment for me to learn, as I hope this is for you, that despite how much you know, you don't know it all. Despite how much you've seen and how much you've experienced, there's still so much more to experience. And so every single February, I dedicate my social media to sharing things that I've learned, highlighting people that have not been, their stories are not well known. Let me share a couple with you real quick. If you've ever transmitted or received funds via text, if you've ever used Venmo Cash App or Zelle, or if you've ever used a computer to make a phone call, if you've used Zoom or FaceTime or other such platforms, you've benefited from the work of Dr. Marion Croak. She's this phenomenal inventor in the voice and data communications field with over 200 patents in her name. She's best known for developing voice over IP. Yeah, that's the technology that converts your voice into digital signal, allowing you to make a direct call from your computer or other digital device. She also furthered technology in areas such as voice and text messaging on cell phones. She invented the technology that allows people to send text-based donations to charity. She currently is Vice President of Engineering at Google. She previously served as Senior Vice President of Research and Development and Senior Vice President of Applications and Services Infrastructure for AT&T. She's responsible for expanding what the internet is capable of and what it's doing around the world, specifically increasing access to the internet in developing worlds. Most of us have never heard of her, but we all benefit from her work. Constant Baker Motley was a key civil rights strategist, an attorney, a state senator, and judge. Judge Motley was one of 12 children born to her parents who were immigrants to this country from a Caribbean island, Nevis. She was born into a working class family, and during the Great Depression, it was expected that she would have a career as a hairdresser. But instead, she attended Fisk University and New York University. In 1946, she earned a law degree from Columbia Law School. What's significant about her is that while she was in law school, she clerked for Thurgood Marshall, who we know became the first black Supreme Court justice. She played a major role in abolishing the Jim Crow laws of the South. She wrote the original complaint in the historical case of Brown versus Board of Education and was the first black woman to argue a case before the US Supreme Court. She successfully won nine of 10 cases that she argued before the high court. She became the first black woman elected borough president of Manhattan and was the first black woman elected to the New York Senate. Perhaps the apex of her career came in August of 1966 when she became the first black woman appointed to the lifetime judicial, the federal judiciary. She served on the federal bench for more than 39 years until her death in 2005. I have been black my whole life. 
but I've never read a story. I've never seen this in a book. No one has ever, there's no poster that I've ever seen. And it's important for us to understand that as we move forward as academicians, as leaders in this country and indeed this world, that we owe ourselves and we owe those to whom we are connected to grow and to learn as much as we can. And so the celebration of black history is more than something we just do. It should be a part of who we are, as should be the part of us that celebrates women history and our Hispanic and Latino history. Because collectively, we all make America what it is. We all are citizens of this world and have a responsibility to make it better. We could spend the entire day discussing contributions like those that I've shared, but time does not allow that. And even if we spent the entire day, we would not even come close to exhausting the list. I encourage you to make a commitment to expand your horizons, to broaden your thinking, to get out of your comfort zone and be exposed to something a little different. We do ourselves a great disservice when we minimize individuals. We rob ourselves of opportunities to learn and grow when we mistakenly assume that we already know. There are tons of opportunities for you to get out of your comfort zone, for you to broaden your horizon, for you to expand your thinking. Many will take place here. Many will take place in our city. And now everything's virtual, so you can have no excuse. I urge you to recognize your responsibility, your role, how you benefit from individuals who may not look like you, think like you, or share your ideology, yet warrant your time. I appreciate this moment with you. I thank you again for this invitation, and I hope that you have a wonderful day, a wonderful week. God bless you. You're dismissed.